Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Where they got serious with God. Because it was almost like life can pressure you sometimes and push you to that limit where all you have is God. And you need God to move. (laughs) Like now. And so sometimes it's just, I want to get closer to God. And so people would fast. But you see that all through the word of God, where when people did that, things changed. They turned around. And the biggest change was in them. That was the biggest change. Because they drew closer to God. They were seeking God's face. And so the Bible says over in 2 Chronicles, that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. God says that he will heal, restore, bring back to life their land. Well, amen, that kind of goes with what God told us. (laughs) So if we'll get serious, we'll humble ourselves before God, seeking his face, seeking his word. He, we can expect God to show up. We can expect God to heal that which is broken in our land. That, that means anything around us. And restore life back. Well, there's probably some areas just in your own life where you, could, you need more life. <laughs> you know, where maybe it looks dead or there's lack. And so we're excited about what God's doing. And so even though you can see maybe some struggles in life or things coming against you, on the same side, you can see God working mightily. And so we believe that. And that's a lot about what faith is. And so remember, remind me that we're doing offering at the end, because I don't want to forget. (laughs) Because I do have my offering here. And I gave my kids offerings. (laughs) I told my son, (laughs) because when he was a little younger, we would give him an offering, and like, he would like, thought he wanted to keep it. <laughs> His dad would give him an offering. It'd be like a Wednesday night. And it would be funny. The bucket's coming down. And so I look at him. I'm like, okay, put your money in there. And he was like, <laughs> I mean, he was just very serious. Like, uh-uh. Like, I got money. I'm not giving it. <laughs> so he just couldn't put it together. So we had to work with him on that. <laughs> God will bless you for being a blessing to this kingdom. So I gave him a dollar tonight, and so we kind of joke with him, like, Carson, make sure you put it in the bucket. It's for God. And he was like, I know. (laughs) So he gets tired of us reminding him. (laughs) But praise the Lord. So let's pray. We'll just pray real quick, and then we'll get into it. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. I thank you that you're opening the eyes of our understanding to see our authority in prayer. There are God-given authority that Jesus gave to us. Father, I thank you that we are living in great times and we shall see the hand of God moving in our church, in our city, in our homes, even in our, on the job. 
Jesus' name, amen. So pastor is at a conference this week. He left Monday. We took him to the airport, and uh, he is with Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins, and they uh, are in Louisiana. And he, Pastor Mark does, he calls it a supernatural relationship meetings. And all it is, uh, is it started last night was the first night, so then it's today, morning and night, and then tomorrow is the last day, morning and night. So it's only five meetings, real small. It's only about a little over 100 people there. But this meeting is by invitation only. So just a, a general person can't go to it just because it's only for those that are in relationship with him. And so what that means, it's just as simple as we've had him in our church. We look, pastor looks to him as a spiritual father, you could say, a pastor over him and us and our church. And so because of that relationship, um, this is the third year I think we've been invited and we We've never gone. And so it was just something in our hearts that he needed to be there this year. And so he went, I did not go with him because my babysitters are out of state. <laughs> so so I, was, I had to stay with the kids. But there's not um, kids' services during these meetings, and so it probably works out better all the way around. <laughs> Even though they could do it, sometimes they get like, okay, where can we go have fun? <laughs> but... So he's in those meetings, and so we just I'm just believing real big for him that it, it's good for him to get away by himself in those kind of atmospheres and meetings. He's around other pastors that he knows, and so they build each other up. And so <clears throat> I'm just going to go maybe on a little rant only for like a couple minutes because we got to get going. <laughs> but, you know, pastors need, need you as much as you need them. Or him. <laughs> and so I've, it's probably been a couple weeks now. There is a pastor. He's, he's only a 30 years old. He took a church over in California. His dad pastored the church. He just took the church over in 2015. So it's only been a few years. He committed suicide, I think it was like two, two and a half weeks ago. 30 years old. <laughs> 30 years old. Three young kids a young wife, and he's gone. Pastored a church of like 3,000. They're like a mega church you know, in California. And um, <clears throat> it's just been a really sad story, but it was really gripping to a lot of us. Like, you know, and so a lot of, a lot of people were starting, like going on Facebook, just talking about it, speaking out on, you know, uh, PK kids that are grown now are, you know, talking about just growing up in the ministry. And, <clears throat> and so a lot of it you don't see. <laughs> now, this gentleman, he was a pastor, and he obviously, when you look into it, he dealt with, like, depression and anxiety <clears throat> for a few years now. And so it was like a progression of time where he had just taken, I think, a four-month yeah, four sabbatical, and he just came back, just came back from that break and did it. And so it was just a really sad story. And um, so we've just been praying for the wife and the church and uh, just how to rebuild your life and just kind of speaking life to her and, you know, if you can help in any way. And um, just coming together because that's what you should do when the tragedy hits like that. It's easy to push blame or be critical on someone, but you know what? You've never been there, never done it. <laughs> Or maybe you've been close. I don't know. 
But I said that to say pastors need you, people in their church. You know, somebody made a statement through all of that is pastors come to church all full. And when they come to church, they're full and they give everything they've got. And so they leave church empty. They're the only person that leaves church empty. And I just thought, that, now that's a, that's a good way to think about it, I guess. And then people that go to church, they come empty to get full. And so when you leave, you're full. You're on cloud nine. You're feeling great because you've been impacted by the word of God. But pastors leave empty. And so they have to, you have to consciously be getting filled up, filled up. And so if you stop doing that, even as a pastor... The devil's really quick to get in there and try to take pastors out. And so just pastors alone, just in the last month, few months, have really been getting attacked by the devil. Their families, you name it. And I just believe it's just kind of where we are, (laughs) everybody, where the church universal is, that Jesus is coming back. We're getting really close to it. And, I mean, the devil's just trying everything he can because he doesn't want you to get the ammunition that's in a pastor think about that like we are the army of God when you come you're a soldier in the army of God when you come to church it's like you're getting your orders (laughs) when you come to church you're getting you're learning your authority you're learning I don't have to take that because the word says I need healing I need restoration. I'm going to pray for my kids. So you start learning. I'm going to walk by faith. You You get all that ammunition given to you. They help to open your eyes to the word and what God has, what Jesus paid the price to give you. If you think about it that way, we're the army of God. They have the ammunition. And so when we come, we always get that ammunition. And then we're ready to fight. In our homes, in our jobs, we take it out and we use it. That's how God would ordain it, (laughs) that we actually use it. So when things come in your life and come against you, I mean, praise God, even though it's not always praise God. (laughs) But you have a, a moment in time to use the ammunition you have. And when you use it in faith, it works every single time. Every single time. And so, just always remember, pray, pray for us. <laughs> pray for our kids. Pray for our home. <laughs> we pray for you. We pray for your homes. We pray for your kids. We pray every aspect of you. We plead the blood every day, every night. I am praying before God for you, for this church, for my own family. But all I'm doing is taking authority over the devil in your life. You say, well, do you have that right? I sure do. If you look to me and pastor as your pastor, so that means to submit under a pastor. Some people just think, well, I'm not going to submit under to a person. It has nothing to do with us being human (laughs) because we're just like you. But there's a 
a spiritual authority over in churches. I'd hope that they are good. <laughs> but sometimes they don't turn out so good. <laughs> but here you got a good one. And so, because of that authority that God gave us, God called us to this church. He called us to start a church. And so, we obeyed God. And so, the Bible says that God sets you in the right church. That's his plan. And so, you could go down the road and it might be a great church, but did God call you to that church or did he call you here? And so if you believe, no, God's called me here, and you submit, you're submitted if you're here. <laughs> if you're a regular attender, you're, a t- you're submitted under us. So I have every authority to say, all right, devil, uh-uh, you cannot mess in their life. No. And so you have somebody that's on your side every day, every day doesn't matter what comes up every day. It's covered. doesn't mean that um, things still don't come, try and take you out. That's okay, because that's how the devil is. So we're, we're going to look at that tonight. But just remember, when you think about pastor, when you think about something he said on a Sunday, you think about it during the week, just like, Lord, it can be real simple. You don't have to stay in prayer for an hour for this. God, I just lift up Pastor Tony to you right now. I thank you, Lord, that you're strengthening his body, strengthening his mind. You're opening up the eyes of his understanding. You're giving him wisdom on leading us and leading the church. I thank you, Lord, that he's right under you. Just whatever's in your heart to pray. Thank you, Lord, that you're blessing him. It can be as simple as that, and that adds strength to your pastor. It's just a simple, (laughs) simple prayer. But how many times do we get busy and we just don't do it? So, We're going to get better about remembering (laughs) to do it. So pastor wanted me, oh, it's 10 after. So we're we're going to start, maybe I have to finish it next week, but we're going to start talking about our authority in prayer. And so uh, he started last week with just the authority of a believer. So if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you are a believer. You are now a believer in God. You have Jesus living on the inside of you. And so I'm going to take the aspect of uh, in prayer. And so we're going to start over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I have a lot of scriptures um, just because I want you to see your authority in the word. So when the devil tries to come against your authority and say, well, you're not who you think you are. Well, do you remember what you did 10 years ago? (laughs) Do you remember how you talked to somebody yesterday? That you can say, nope, devil, I have authority over you. And so if you know in the word where to go, you can go show him and show yourself. Nope, I have authority. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayers. So there's different kinds of prayers that we can pray. And supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to, to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
So we persevere in prayer. We don't quit. So Paul was writing this to the believers. So then we're going to turn over to John chapter 15. So these are just kind of the start showing you. John chapter 15. I have a Bible that I'm not used to. (laughs) John chapter 15, verse 7. This is Jesus talking to us. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So Jesus said, hey, if you abide in me, well, we all abide in him because if you're a believer, you abide in Jesus. You've asked Jesus in your heart. You are born again. You abide in him. But he didn't just leave it there. (laughs) I wish it could be that simple. (laughs) Like, come on, God. (laughs) I'm in you. But he said, and my words abide in you. Well, that takes it a little bit further. So then that puts a responsibility on my side. Because the beginning of that scripture says, if. So that tells me I can, his words can abide in me or his words cannot be abiding in me. And so there's different levels of abiding, really. You know, somebody can just come to church and then they leave church and say, uh, a person doesn't really get into the word week after week after week. And so the word would not be, Jesus' words would not be abiding in that person. Mm Mm-mm. It just doesn't work like that. But if I'm a person that's consistently, I didn't say every day, although that is really good. (laughs) But someone that's consistently in the word, then his words are going to be abiding in them. And that kind of like a test to know, well, is God's word abiding in me? Well, what comes out? Because it will just come out of you. It just comes out if you're really, if you're in the word. You're excited about the word because the Bible says the word is living, that it's powerful. So you can read anything in the Bible and it's life to you. The Bible also says that, that it's health and healing and life to your body, to your flesh, to your mind. It's wholeness. So this Bible, this word of God that he's given us is not something just to be sitting on a table every week, but it's something to pick up, get in us, and it will change you, and it'll change everybody, your atmosphere around you. It'll change your world. The Bible says over in Joshua 1.8 that if you are in the word, what does it bring? Success. Your way is made known, that you have great success. Anybody in here want success? (laughs) Well, I do. Well, it comes through the word of God. And so through those, just those scriptures alone, we can see that if I have God's word in me, the Bible says I can ask anything that I want, and I shall have it. The The only if is if it's abiding in me. So I just have to get into the Word. And this is a really great time during the fast to get into the Word, (laughs) to turn the TV off and go read. But have you ever noticed that many of God's promises are conditional? If. But 
when you look at them, it's not you have to do this and do that where it's a hard thing to do. It's usually always about relationship with him, drawing near to him, being in his word, being mindful of him. And when you do those things, then the success comes or then things are turn around. And I almost think it's because your faith is ignited. And so then you really step into a place of faith where before you probably thought you were in a place of faith, but you weren't. But now you are. So then we're going to go over to um, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. And it says, Something really good. <laughs> it says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Verse 26, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Put me in remembrance. Well, I don't think God forgot his word, or he forgets it, or he forgets what he says. Do you? I don't. But we probably forget. <laughs> and so, but he says to put him in remembrance, but I think that's for our benefit. So if we're constantly coming before God, God, your word said that you forgave my sin that you blotted it out, that you remember it no more. If it says it in his word, how many times have you ever gone to prayer when you get serious and I'm going to pray about something, and the moment you start, you start thinking about all the things you've done wrong <laughs> or where you've missed it. Maybe you really need God to come through. Like, I need the money, like, tomorrow or I'm going down or I need healing in my body, or I'm going to die, or I'm going to have to go to the hospital, or I mean, something really big, and you're really like, God, I need you to come through, and you go to pray, and you're reminded of everything that you are, and everything that you're not, and how you've messed up with God, and you didn't go to church last week, and I mean, you name it. (laughs) I mean, the devil is always there to remind you of why you should not be asking of God or praying to God, why you're not worthy and you should not be doing this. And so God wants you to remind yourself, bring it before him that you are worthy, that he blotted out every sin that you've done, that you are an overcomer, You name it. And so you can remind God of these things in prayer. And so all it does is it changes your focus. So when you always go to prayer and it's you're always down here praying from this place, like you're down and out and down underneath the word. Like you don't have the word in you, and so you can't even present it to God or bring it and remind God. Because all you can see is the wrong in you. 
then your prayers are never effective. And you feel like you're always failing in prayer because you never see what you pray for. And you get frustrated. And that's exactly what the devil wants. Because when you begin to learn who you are and that you have authority over him, then he's in trouble. And so we're going to see some of that. I'm skipping some scriptures, and maybe we can go back through them next week. But let's go over. I want you to see just your authority. So the people in the Bible did this very thing when they prayed. They had to remind God of who they are and who God said they were, even in the Old Covenant. But the Bible says we now have a far greater covenant than ever because we're on this side of the cross We are in the new covenant because Jesus went to the cross for us. And so we've got it better than what Abraham had it. But yet, see what Abraham did. (laughs) We've got it better than what Moses had. But yet, see what Moses did. And you look at that and think, I don't know if I could do that. But you could. (laughs) Because you're in a far greater covenant now than he ever was. So let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so, there is a God of this world, and it's the devil. God is not the God of this world. He's only God over you if you submit to him, if you're a believer, and then you submit your life unto him. So that means his authority is over your life. So then when we look over at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, so we'll go up a little more. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So there is power behind you. It doesn't say rest in your power, but it says rest in his power, in the power of his might. And so when Jesus went to the cross, He took authority over the devil when he rose from the grave. That authority is the same authority that he has given you. So let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Actually, I take that back. While we're here in the New Testament, let's go over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Not Star Wars. <laughs> I can see Carson looking at me like, yeah. <laughs> it says, behold, this is Jesus talking to you. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
Behold. So it's like he's declaring something. I give you the authority to trample over. When he says serpents and scorpions, that's just another term for the devil, the demons, the evil, just how we read, evil in high places. You have authority over all of that. Because Jesus has seated you at his right hand. And so, um, you know, when, you, when we leave, we pick our kids up from school. And when we're leaving, there's a policeman that is helping with traffic. And so you, do, you can kind of just ignore the stop sign because he's going to lead you. And so he's like this, you know, or turn, you know, go this way if you're turning. Or, and then he'll stop. Well, you could ignore that, the power of the policeman or the authority of the policeman. You could totally ignore it and just bypass it and go, you probably get in a lot of trouble, though. (laughs) So he can't make you submit to his authority. But when he says, when he puts his hand up, what do you do? Stop. Because he has authority. Or when he's, then you go. When a policeman comes behind you with flashing lights, do you just keep on going? Now, there are those people that do that, and it doesn't end well for them. (laughs) But no, you stop, you pull over, and you're like, oh, great. (laughs) But you, you submit yourself to his authority. He has authority because of the government that's given him that authority, right? He doesn't have it on his own, but the government has given him the suit, the badge has given him the authority to tell you stop, to go in traffic. (laughs) The same thing when Jesus gave you authority, you have authority to tell the devil, stop what you're doing. No more. You have authority to tell the devil, shut your mouth. (laughs) The Bible says to resist the devil, and he has to flee. He has to flee. Now, it doesn't say once and for all, and the devil's gone. (laughs) No, you probably have to keep resisting throughout the day those thoughts that come, because that's mainly how he's going to come to you, to stir up a thought. You can resist the devil, and he flees. He has to flee. It doesn't mean he's not going to come back, but the Bible already told you, just resist him. (laughs) Resist the devil and he will flee. So Jesus gave us authority. So we sit at the right hand of Jesus. So I don't know if you know anything about history, which I'm sure you do, but if you studied about kings or even the Pope, if there was somebody at their right hand, you knew that they had authority to be sitting right there. They weren't just some Joe Blow. (laughs) There's somebody that has authority to be sitting there and that you'd have to listen to them. Same, you are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities, all powers, all dominions. You. There's little O you. But yet you are oh so big. On the inside, you are greater than what you've ever thought. And so 
This is the time to know your authority. Because when the devil comes at your door, it's not always pretty. It's usually not pretty at all, but sometimes it's really bad. I mean, really bad. And uh, fear wants to come in and take over. But you have to remind, bring it before God. Bring him in remembrance of his word, of his covenant with you. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That you are the head and not the tail. That you are far above what the devil is trying to do. That you have authority over the devil. And when, the, you know, when the devil always came to Jesus, what did, how did Jesus answer the devil? Or what was he always saying to the devil? He wasn't warring at him like how we do, like, um, person to person. Like, if you get in a fight, it's like, you just want to, like, take their head off, you know, <laughs> if you're that. There's all kinds of different personalities. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really like that. That kind of personality, my husband might say something different. <laughs> but we all have different personalities. But you're not warring. The, we just read that. You're not warring in the flesh. Your war is in the spirit. Your war is on your knees in the reality of life. Your war is taking your authority. And is it gruesome? It, it, it's a war. And so it's like this. You're walking along. And uh, life is just hunky-dory. You're on cloud nine. You're like, God, this is really great. You know, church is doing good and my life is doing great. You're just walking along in life. And then oh, here it comes. Something attacks you, attacks your child, attacks your home, your life, your job, you name it. But it's an attack coming at you. What do you got to do? You can lay down and the devil's going to walk all over you. He's going to take your kids. The Bible says he came to steal, kill, and destroy. For real. If you haven't seen that yet in your life, you will see it. That that's what he's come to do. Just those three things. He's coming to steal your money, steal your job, steal your home, steal your kids. You name it. He'll leave you naked and don't even care and kick you while he leaves. That's just the kind of how he is. He'll try to kill you, take you out, bring death to at your door, kill your kids, anything. Bring death to your marriage. Bring death to your relationships. There's all kinds of death. Spiritual death. He will come to bring that. You can see the devil attacking in your church. Your very church. That the devil is attacking people, their homes, their marriages. They, I'm not going to church. Give up on God. Just get busy, distracted with life. And would you, are they doing it on purpose? No. They don't even know what's going on. Why? Because it's an attack of the devil. And they don't know to use their authority. They don't even know they have authority to use. And so the devil just, I mean, takes them out. (laughs) So when you don't see people at church, don't start looking at pastor or looking at this or that and thinking, well, this is what the problem is. No, it's the devil. So just take up your authority with your pastor, you know, with your church and say, devil, uh-uh, no. I come against you. 
So you can lay down and let the devil just, you know, war against your home and have his heyday. And that's what it is, a hey, great big heyday for him. Because if he can keep you out of church and keep you defeated, then you are no harm to him. He can keep on moving. <laughs> but no, that's why Jesus gave you authority. Jesus already did it. So Jesus isn't going to do anything else. Because he gave it, he brought you and put you at his right hand. And he said, now I give my authority that I had to take. Now I, I paid the price for that authority for you. Because I know what's going to happen now and what the devil's going to try in your life. But I, I give that authority to you now. You rule and you reign on this earth. You rule and reign. So the way you're going to rule and reign is by declaring with your mouth. And de it's declaring the word of God and what he has said to you and that you're coming out and there's, there's a bloodline that Jesus paid the price for. So the devil cannot cross the bloodline. And so when you start pleading the blood, he runs. Because he's scared of Jesus' blood. Because he knows exactly what it has done. He remembers. And so, there's another scripture that the Bible says that he comes, the devil comes as a roaring lion. We're, I'll only be like another minute. 7.32, we're doing good. <laughs> we could have stayed here a whole half hour. No, <laughs> it's kind of hot. I think they turned the air on. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, are you almost done? <laughs> Praise God. Yes, an offering. My daughter's reminding me, offering. So you can get the bucket ready or somebody can. <laughs> so, but um, what was, what was I, where was I at? Devil comes as a roaring lion. The Bible says that the devil comes as a roaring lion. Have you ever had, went to the zoo and seen the big, huge lions? They're scary looking. If that thing was out of its cage and coming at you, it would scare the daylights out of you. I mean, you would be running fast. You would be scared in terror. The Bible says the devil comes like that. So he comes real scary. And the attack seems so... God. But he's given you authority. So it does not matter. Now hear me. It doesn't matter what the devil tries. It can look like there is death at your door. But there is not. It can look like there is death in a church. But there is not. Because of what Jesus has done. So God is on our side because the blood has been applied. So every need will be supplied, no matter what it is. God will take you through. And so attacks can be this huge mountain. But attacks are something you can take authority over every day of your life. So every night I pray. I've done it so long now that it's like a habit. 
that I, I cannot go to bed without praying this way. So I take authority over the devil. I pray in the spirit for a little while. I just, I take authority over, I'm, I'm there in that moment in time. Take authority over the devil, over my kids, over my home, over my marriage, over the next day. So I'm praying the night before for the next day. So I'm taking authority ahead of time, letting the devil know every attack that you have set and planned for the day tomorrow, no, mm-mm. It is falling now. For I have authority over you. And all of the demon spirits, every wickedness in high places, every dominion, I have authority over you. So devil, right now I'm telling you, you have to cease and desist. That it will not come to pass. It will not. So you can pray that way, and then you can say the next day, well, this happened, and that was an attack. Okay? It still worked because, you know, you'll never know how many attacks were lined up for you that day. Now, um, we had someone in our church had an attack on their child yesterday. It, It did not look good. Got a call from the school that uh, your child is, it says that they're sick, and so they gave them a juice, and uh, it got worse. <laughs> and so um, somebody went and picked the child up, brought the child to the mother, and then had to take him to the hospital. Was seeing yellow flashing lights. Um, you name it, his whole body hurt. Was just like his losing body function. Was just like out of it. Never happened in the history of this child's life. All of a sudden, one day, an attack of a stupid devil. <laughs> but it did not look good. So you could say, well, um, that still happened, and I was praying. But you know what? That child came through that. We, we were praying instantly. I even let pastor know, hey, this is going on. I need you to pray. Take authority. It's like, all right. He's on the, on the road driving, and he's praying in the rain, <laughs> praying for this person's child. <laughs> and we took our authority, said, no, devil, whatever's wrong. And we had no idea at that moment. The parents didn't know. It was just like, oh, what's going on? He was, he's in the hospital. He's in the hospital till the evening. Started doing better all of a sudden. His whole body hurt. Today, like they did all kinds of tests. All his tests came back perfectly normal. And you would have thought, oh, there's something going on in his brain. There's Your mind can start assigning things to it. And you have to arrest that. Because that, if you hook up with what the devil's trying to do, is not going to end good, end well. But you have to stay in the word. But it's easier to stay in the word when it's abiding in you. Because it just comes up in those very moments. And you need somebody that knows the word in your corner. And so that's why it's good to have a pastor on your side. (laughs) That's going to say, no, uh uh-uh, devil. Because sometimes in those moments, you're weak. You're like, I just need you to pray. I need you to help me through this. That's what a pastor in your life does for your kids, for your home, for you. They get you through it. 
And so you might say, well, you know, that happened. Well, I don't know why it happened, but I know it's the devil. But you know, today, he was a hundred times better. You would have never known that that there was no sign, no effect that that happened to him at all. Now, there's the question of why. And so, you know, you, you do your due diligence as a parent and get it tested. But it really doesn't matter why. Because even if you knew why, you can take authority over that. And so, you know, I was talking to a pastor. It was late last night, and he wanted to know what was going on. And so I'm telling him, you know, this and that. And it, it's just up out of your spirit. Like, no, even, even when I got word, I started praying right away. And I just kept coming up out of my spirit. All is well. All is well. All is well. <laughs> All is well. So God knew before it was the end. God knew on the front side, all will be well. So he, he lets you know that just so you don't have to fear. And so in this time of prayer and fasting, that's what it's all about. Trusting God so much that you'll take, you'll take God to the bank. <laughs> I say, I'll come to the edge of the cliff, even though it's scary. But God, you will not let me fail because your word says it. So I did a a sermon not too long ago called the word either works or it doesn't. There's so many times in your life that you come up against that in your life and you either have to believe the word or fall and lay down and say, oh, it's too hard. Mm -mm. You have to fight. And so being in church, being in the word, staying with believers around you, staying stirred up, helps you fight your fight and win every time. Because remember, you're not fighting for victory. because You already have the victory and you have the authority. So you've already won. When attacks come, it's just an attack. You've already won. And so God helps you to see sees you through to the end. Amen. And so we're going to take up the offering real quick, and then I'll just pray. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.